wanted to start with a question about your background before you came to New York in 1977. What were you doing in Japan, or what were what was happening in your experience that brought you to New York and things like that? Well, it really, I wasn't planned to be a musician in New York or anything. Just came to a sightseeing in New York. Oh. Really happened. Uh, um, I was surrounded by musicians, but I never thought I could be a musician because uh, it was all, you know, almost like 40 years ago. Um, all my male friends are musicians, but it's not none of my girlfriends are musicians, and they're just supporting a musician, a boyfriend. And, uh, <laughs> I wasn't really have no I don't know motivation like make like you you could be a musician like you know that kind of mentality I was in in Japan and I was just um, art student I was a more a visual artist okay student mm -hmm. just out of school and then um, I came came to New York to see what uh, we are listening to a lot of. Uh, a New York mu music at the time, it's like a television and Patti Smith and all those are uh, listening in Japan and I just wanted to come to hear this in live. It's my boyfriend, musician boyfriend. <laughs> then came and then we were hanging uh, CBGB and Max Kansas City and then we met Lydia Ranch and James Johnson. Um, actually asked my boyfriend what do you do? And then he happened to be a musician. So mm. <laughs> um, he plays guitar, and then, oh, we need a bass player. Why don't you be you know, playing my band? That's, that's uh, Teenage Jesus and yeah. Jacks. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he was playing a bass on that. And then just hanging <coughs> with jamming with those people, and among them, like mass people from mass, or a lot of people from like no New York. Um, album and then there's Otto Lindsay and Lupin Crutchfield. They are trying to have a band and then looking for drama. Mm. And I was just hanging there. And so what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you be a drama? <laughs> That's what really happened. Um, why I can be a drama? Because. Um, Everybody was a musician then. Everybody was like an art student or a poet or... <laughs> so it's talk about ideas, not about the technique or what you do, what do you want to do and what kind of background that's going to bring out this new music you wanted to do. So it was kind of easier to get in it. Then that's... That's the beginning, and then <laughs> that's, that's really the beginning, and then that's, um, that's the end, I mean. <laughs> then uh, DNA actually lasted like five years. Then um, after, I was in the rock scene with um, DNA and then also like ex-punk band people, and then I met John Zone, and then introduced me to this improvisation and improvising downtown scene, which is in the same area, happening in the same area, but that was totally unknown for me. And then I 
we are jamming but never improvised and then started getting to this kind of new mentality of making music and then that's how. start as a drummer, jump into that, and then about 10 years later you start working with drum machine, and then about another 10, 15 years later you start working with laptop, and all these changes in technology. What motivated you to make those changes and adapt the new? Somebody gave me this simple drum machine around the time, and then I also start doing uh, improvisation with people, and then when I got drum machine and programming, and then I really um, like like doing it rather than practicing drums. <laughs> <laughs> programming a drum machine and making a weird sound on um, drum machine, like most like a defected drum machine kind of way. And then also to play like I was playing drums in DNA. Then using this drum machine in uh, improvisation, context of improvisation. And so I was trying myself um, reacting to people, mm -hmm. not just playing my parts and just... Um, so, I don't know, then playing one drum machine and I was playing uh, drums also. And then less drums and then two drum machine and three drum machine and with three drum machine with effect. So it's more orchestrated and mm -hmm. um, more processing. I was enjoying processing. And then also, same time, I was trying to really inter interact with a musician, like in spontaneously reacting. So it's like a course of 10 years. It wasn't like you know, mm -hmm. from just starting drum machine, but it's kind of mm -hmm. switching over in 10 years. And then, then around the 99, I met um, people from Austria, start doing a laptop, using a laptop, and then um, at the Nego people, mm -hmm. and also people, and then I was really envied their portability oh, yeah. <laughs> because I was carrying this old big <laughs> equipment and cable and then, then they just open up and pray. <laughs> <laughs> then, they, then I was really asking what are you doing and then they pointed out that you, know, you can do it because it's all digital what you do in the drum machine so you can put all the three drum machines in your computer. So that's got me to pray, start mm -hmm. praying.
beginning, a big part of your music has been the use of asymmetrical rhythm, not like strict pulse or like, you know, basic groove, these kind of broken rhythms or when you went to the drum machine, kind of sounding, making them sound defective, as you said. Uh, where does that come from? Is it just the way you like to hear things? Yeah. Do you want to push things around a bit? Right, or? just to get bored of each one thing and then <laughs> all, you know, keep, keep, keep same beat or keep, like I cannot, my mentality, <laughs> just be well, always constantly changing things. Um, so then that's, and also I'm always um, like to make small pieces, like small songs, like song forms, and so like drum machines, uh, laptop are kind of more easy to e easy tool to com compose and mm. also improvising mm -hmm. as an instrument. So. Yeah. So it's less uh, creating something to push against uh, a more basic rhythm, but you're just hearing the things that way, like yeah. you like them that way, yeah. and then you apply it spontaneously right. if you're improvising or if you're writing a song. It's just the way you feel the music. Yeah, okay. so I like a lot of melodies, so mm -hmm. when I was using a drum machine even um, later, they are much more sophisticated drum mm -hmm. machine, which is like you can really program this all, like triangle sounds, and then make pitches so then I can make melodies. And I still use uh, all those patterns. I took the patterns that I created with drum machine, with effect. So originally I wanted to play four drum machines, uh, three drum machines in my laptop, so it's pretty much extension of uh, playing rhythm and uh, beat and drum, drum stuff. But uh, then it's more and more uh, the speed of the computer allowed more processing mm -hmm. power. So then I'm more into processing in it. So the live improvising and processing that kind of... It's a quicker response to yeah. the, the situation. One thing I noticed last night when we were playing together in the duo, and I talked a little bit about it earlier with you, that I'm really uh, found extraordinary being between the speakers was your incredible use of stereo displacement, almost like breaking phrases and rhythms up, not only in a line, like in time, but back and forth without it turning into like a chaos. And I was wondering, I mean, I've worked with other people that deal with laptop and electronics and deal with the stereo system, PA systems, and work with stereo very well, but you got it on another level, and I was wondering where did that motivation come from to really move the things back and forth? Well, it's <laughs> I was in some ways this uh, um, effect that I'm using that probably make it. Um, I wasn't really purposely working on the stereo. I mean, <laughs> much more people are much more aware of the space, and then really more um, conscious and more you know, making, like really working on the space and then really going out and then, um, I don't know, it happened to be that way. Okay. <laughs> or that combination of effect that do these the uh, things, yeah. yeah. Okay.
And you were uh, in this trajectory you've got with the way you've been working in the last few years, several years, you've been adding visual characteristics to the performances. And that's, I'm guessing, connected to your interest in visual arts and your own work in the visual arts. Can you talk a little bit about that side of what you do? Um, I've been, since using a laptop and then also you can do much more than just playing music and then so then the same around time this um, program I'm still using to have this um, visual you can kind of control the visual mm-hmm. and part of the program so I'm um, oh before that I was uh, doing a cover work of uh, Sadik for 97 and 98 around then a few years so I've start doing a Photoshop and that kind of got me into oh, okay. this uh, digital uh, thing. Then, um, then when I get the laptop, I can make video very simple ways. And then I always wanted to work on uh, film music and then I like to do the soundtrack of this film. but. I did a few things, but uh, it never get work. <laughs> so I just start working on, on video and then making only music and then do you, everything yourself. And, and then I put out two um, DVD from Sadik with uh, just very old digital and pretty much scanning the image and then move it like a shadow puppet, mm. almost like a very simple way. Then um, um, recently I'm working more of a handmade material and making own object and especially like puppet, like dolls and then make little stage, like a tiny stage and a setting and uh, so that's kind of a whole other thing mm-hmm. happening now. Yeah, so you mentioned having an exhibition in the fall of some of this work? Uh, it's yeah, it's just a live uh, um, music and video that I make mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the pop- puppet mm-hmm. and story. The pom- pomegranate seed that's a fairy tale. I'm really into fairy tale, and so that's also my new things is making kind of an audio book or something for oh, the fairy okay. tale for the children. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. oh, okay. Then uh, somebody from England just contacted me, this Peter Williamson, he's an uh, illustrator for the child book. Hmm. And he wanted to collaborate with me, and oh. so that's like, wow, that's great, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to create... Um, they were like more seeking younger audience. <laughs> Very young yeah. audience. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, so that I've been always thinking in my head that I really want to do it for children. Oh, okay. Young, yeah, <laughs> early yeah, yeah. education. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> this kind of, uh, yeah, it's too used to it.
Um, I only have a couple more questions and then we'll go back to music. But uh, one of them is just from history. You've been in uh, New York for four years. And I was wondering if there's a few things in your experience that have defined or happened that have changed in the scene that are for you connected to when you came up in the scene or what you see different about what the, what's going on in New York and Brooklyn now, certain trends with the music. Is there something that you would define as like you, you join the sort of downtown scene connected to John Zorn? And of course, many of those musicians, if not all of them, are still very involved in what's happening in New York and Brooklyn. Um, but have you seen any changes that you find interesting since that period that you've been involved in? Or mm, I think it's keep moving, and then it's always a place where start with get maybe a knitting factory and then tonic <laughs> and always a community of musicians there and um, right now um, just a stone it's which is only music place and not really a social place like in here yeah. and which we have that also mm-hmm. it's still people that I'm working it's from that period, like 30 years, 40 years, same people still working, and then also young people mm-hmm. influence that um, music and then come join in mm-hmm. and then keep keep moving it. Uh, so, so it just it, keeps evolving. Yeah. It's got like a foundation. Yeah, they always uh, somebody is shifting. Yeah, shifting. And then I think it's a really special place. New York. Mm-hmm. Chicago is also have a scene. Mm-hmm. In, ti- in New York, is, I think it's more tiny and more concentrated. Mm. Oh, you mean in Manhattan yeah, itself? In Manhattan yeah, in Manhattan itself, and then the community, it's geographically smaller, and I think that make it more intimate, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my last question is actually about the music that you're playing tonight. The first piece, you called it composed and then <laughs> and then the second yeah, okay yeah. and then uh, the second piece you talked about it being more open and I'm wondering from the standpoint of the listener if you could define a bit the differences in the way you think about these two pieces oh it's no difference it's just oh, okay. there is a music it's music it's like just a bit different you know my approach may be a different but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's Hopefully, it's going to be, a, you know, <laughs> as a music and translate mm-hmm. to, to the people. Right? But how, how do you think about it differently, just out of curiosity? Well, the composed pieces, I look at this score. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, compo- compos- I don't know, it's, it's improvising, it's just no preconception, and then they just go as far as like going. So, mm-hmm. That's kind of beauty of the improvisation. So the first piece had some parameters and things that you wanted to work yeah, with that were specific yeah, to that. specific, and, and then programmed it the way, mm-hmm. and then uh, this uh, improvisation be, uh, I don't know, maybe I just think of a start point or mm-hmm. something um, inspired just now, like in a bird, in the, mm-hmm. in the garden, mm-hmm. or then just... And then you just let it go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to hear that now. This is Ikuei Murray. <laughs>